What's going on family? Pastor Sergio Chavez reporting live and direct to you and yours. And listen, I wanted to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to the Hope Huddle Podcast, your place for inspiration, hope, and empowerment. There was a, a young lady who was on a walk with her mentor who she referred to as her elder. And uh, they were going on their walks as they usually did, and they came across a pond. And as they were walking near a pond, the young lady was sharing with her mentor her frustrations uh, with life. And she was, she was just telling her elder, I want to make a great impact. I want to have a great impact in people's lives and in my, in my line of work and what I do. I just want to make a great impact. So her elder looks at her and says, you know what, why don't you grab something and just throw it in the water, something that'll stir the water up. And so the young lady is looking at her elder and she's, she doesn't know what's going on, but she says, well, she's an older lady. I'll just, you know, I'm gonna just listen to her. And so she grabs a pebble and she throws it in the water. And her elder says to her, is that the kind of impact that you wanna have? And so she says, get something bigger. And she says, I don't know what is happening here. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. She says, she might be going a little, little, little cuckoo. She's a little older now. So she grabbed a rock, threw it in the water, and had a greater ripple effect. And then the elder looks at her and she says, is that the kind of impact that you want to have? And then she's still looking at her confused. And all of a sudden, she sees that her elder goes and proceeds to take off her shoes. And she starts running towards the water. And she just throws herself in the water. And then the young lady is looking at her saying, what are you doing? She said, this lady has really gone crazy. Like, I know I've, she's my mentor and everything, but she's, she's gone nuts. And then her elder tells her, this is how you make a great impact. And whatever you do, you got to throw yourself in. There's no room for compromise. I want to talk to you about impact because as I was seeking the Lord towards the end of last year, I said, Lord, give me direction. I was seeking the presence of the Lord. I said, we need direction for the church. What is the direction that we need to take as a church? And as the Lord began to reveal during a time of prayer and in the scripture, he, uh, he, he, he stirred me to understand that the word for our church in 2019 is that this would be the year that we would be stronger. And I said, Lord, I received that. Uh, okay, wh what, what exactly do you mean? He took me to Joshua uh, chapter 1, verse 9, when he told Joshua, be strong and be courageous. I said, I got the word, and, and be strong, right? Be stronger. But, but what exactly are we supposed to be strong in? There were three areas that the Lord gave to me, and I shared that with our leadership towards the end of last year, and we've been going through those different topics throughout the vision series. And the first area that God really stirred me to share was on faith, that this would be the year that we will grow in faith. And so we shared on faith last week. And today I want to discuss impact because that was one of the things that God stirred me during that time of prayer to share uh, that it's, this is the year for us to make a real impact in our families, in our community, in our line of work, and whatever it is that we do, to be people that would be of impact. And then the last thing is discuss structure. And so the Lord led me to understand that this would be the year that we would be the most organized. How many say, I need some of that in my life. I need some organization. How many say, I need some faith in my life? How many of you say, I need to grow stronger in my faith? How many say, I need to make some impact? How many want to make impact here today? Okay, I got six of y'all. I'm, I'm, I'm rolling with the six. I'm here to speak to y'all today. And so the Lord stirred me to share on impact. I want to discuss impact. When, uh, when we see a nation 
that is divided as ever. If you look at the news, if you're on social media, you will see how divided our nation is due to racism, discrimination, and hatred towards one another. It tells me that we need to make an impact. Who is we? The church. We need to make an impact. When we see the great amount, the number of men and women who are incarcerated, it tells me that we need to make an impact. When we see the number of deaths due to drug overdose and the lives of young people or the number of people addicted to substances, it tells me we need to make an impact. When we see the wrong voices claiming to represent Christ and the church and they're just using that name to manipulate and to hurt people, it tells me we need to make an impact. Say that word with me, say impact. Come on, shout impact. We need to make an impact. To make an impact is to have a strong effect on someone's life or on something. I love what someone mentioned about impact when they said, never underestimate the valuable and important difference you make in every life that you touch. For the impact you make today has a powerful rippling effect on every tomorrow. I love what someone else said about impact. Every action that we take impacts the lives of others around us. I know that you may not think that you're a person of impact, but I want to let you know that you have influence. And because you have influence, your action will cause a reaction. Every decision that you make, every conversation that you have, every thought that you have in your head, all of those things will impact someone in one way or another. Shout impact. Yeah, I want to I want to I want to talk about impact because here's the reality. The voices of people that are influencing and impacting people in a negative way is extremely loud in society. We're hearing the voices of people uh, influencing others to, to uh, commit suicide, to have depressive thoughts, to want uh, to hurt one another, to want to hate one another, to want to devalue and put one another down. And so as a church, I'm charging us in this year, and I need two or three people that would agree with me that this year we need to raise our voice, not be afraid, and not be silent and say, this year will be the year that I make impact. I don't know who I'm talking to. In this place but I need to know if there's anybody that says I want to make impact look at the person beside you and tell them you're gonna make an impact baby you're gonna make an impact if you're married this is the year that you will impact your marriage for the good I wish I had somebody in this place if you have children this will be the year that you will impact your children like never before in a positive way this year will be the year that you will mark your calling and the ministry that God has given you because you will make an impact shout impact I'm preaching better than you're responding today are you all receiving anything today all right I want to know that I'm talking to the right crowd uh, uh, and and forgive me I'm, I'm uh, y'all know how I get I get a little excited when I preach I'm, I'm not I'm not yelling because I'm upset I'm just excited just just let me know just let me know if you want me to give this word how how, how the Lord gave it to me just let me know let me share three things about impact. The first thing about impact, and if you're taking notes, I always encourage you to take notes. I want you to write this down. The first thing I want to share about impact is that confinement limits impact. Confinement limits your impact. In other words, impact is something that must be exposed. Look at what the scripture says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 through 16. 
Look at what the scripture says. Let's throw it on on the screen. Here we go. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 through 16. You are salt. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. Let me give you a little context. The famous sermon on the mount, one of the most known teachings of Jesus. The whole chapter is dedicated to Jesus speaking. He was on a mountain to his disciples, and he's just giving a series of teachings, that uh, the beatitudes and the blessings. And here we find ourselves, he's declaring this over his disciples. And this is the same thing that Jesus says to you today. He's saying, you are salt of the earth. But if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and be trampled underfoot. Here we go. He says, not only are you salt, I'm going to throw another one at you. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and give its light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify the Father in heaven. If you want to make impact, you've got to understand that you are salt and that you are light. Just look at somebody beside you and tell them you are salt and you are light. Look at somebody and tell them, you're looking salty right now. You're looking salty right now. Tell them, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. You're salt. You're the salt. Uh, uh, and tell them, you're also light. Let somebody know you're light. You're a light. Uh, tell them, I see you shining. Let somebody know, I see you shining. I see you. I see you shining. That's a good thing. He's telling his disciples, you're salt and you're light. This had a very significant, profound meaning to it because when Jesus was talking to his crowd, see, you all take salt for granted. We could buy salt anytime we want in great amounts, but during this time when Jesus said, you are salt, what he was letting the people know is that you are precious because salt during that time was a valued commodity. It was something that, was, that had worth, that had substance. In fact, Roman soldiers of that day were sometimes paid with salt, giving rise to the phase, he or she is worth their salt. So it was something that was precious. So when Jesus says, you are salt, he's letting someone know that you're a person of value, you are precious. He's letting them know you are salt because you know this, salt is something that preserves. During that day, they didn't have refrigeration, so they needed salt. It was a valued commodity because it was the only way that they could preserve their meats from decay. So what he's saying is, in the world that is decaying, in the world where the morality and the standards day by day are going down, and in, in, in society in the times that we live in, when, when you see a decay, you are sought to preserve through your influence. This is what Jesus is telling him. You're sought because you're precious. You're sought because you're called to have preserving influence. You're not just anybody when you go to work. You're not just anybody when you go to your house. You're not just anybody when you're in the grocery store. Every time that you're out and about, you're salt and light. And you're called to preserve influence, preserve morality, preserve a standard, preserve God's standard of his word. Disciples are also salt. He calls them salt because they add flavor. You ever been in a place that needed some flavor? I feel like I need to throw some flavor over y'all right now because, whoo, boy. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, disciples, Christians, whenever they go to a place, there should be something that's different when a believer walks in the room. When everybody is angry, upset, anxious, depressed, when a believer, a true believer walks in a room, they should be, they should be people of value and that adds a little flavor to the mix. See, salt is, uh, is, 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 is called and it's used, its purpose is to season. It's to season. And in the same way, we're supposed to add flavor to the world. We're supposed to make our name and the name of Jesus stand out. You ever had a meal without salt? It's nasty. Some of y'all cook without salt. Talk about, I use, I don't use salt. I use, I use, I use different type of herbs and, listen, don't serve me no food unless it got some salt. Look at somebody and tell them, you got some salt, you got some salt. Anybody that grew up in the hood like me, you ever had to go to a neighbor and ask for some salt? Y'all ain't never been through anything. <laughs> Anybody, can I, can I have one person that know what I'm talking about? Anybody know? My grandma used to send me to the neighbor because we needed sugar. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You, you gotta go out of your way to get some salt. Why? Because salt is needed. Salt is necessary. Salt preserves. And if you know, if you know in the snow, I know my brother Mondo knows the best. What does he have in his truck when it's snowing? Because it, there you go. <laughs> because it breaks down when things are cold. So when, when people around you are cold hearted, have a negative attitude because you're a salt, you're going to melt them and break them down with the love that you give them. That's what we're called to do. When the world is cold, we're called to be salt. When the world is failing, when the world is in decay, we're called to be salt. When the world needs flavor, we're called to be salt. He says, you are salt and you are light. Some of y'all, when you walk in the room, you take away the flavor. <sighs> Jesus, give them a little more seasoning, please. Holy Ghost. Yeah, as you start seeking the presence of the Lord and as you start getting in the word and as you start getting in your, in, closer in your walk with the Lord, he's going to fill you with his presence and that presence is going to begin uh, to just spill into everything that you do in your words, in your thoughts, in your actions, in your deeds. It's going to begin to get exposed that you're a believer. See, confinement, when you limit it, your impact is limited, and when you really truly understand your identity, that you're called to be salt, you're going to see that start to make an impact in the lives of people around you. He says, you are called to be light. Light, 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 light. Light is something that illuminates. Light is something that exposes, and he tells him, you are light, and darkness is the absence of light and so whenever there is darkness all we have to do is show up to a place and the light of Christ will light up the darkness that's why you got to pay attention when you hear the knots in people's life if you're taking notes I want you to write that down pay attention to the knots the n-o-t uh, apostrophe s's the knots in people's life so when somebody says I'm not fulfilled in life that's an opportunity for you to reflect the light of Christ. When someone says to you, I'm not happy, 
That's an opportunity for you to share your testimony of what God has done in your life. When someone says, I'm not living life to the fullest, that's your opportunity to be light. See, darkness is opportunity because it simply is the absence of light. So when you understand that you are light, when you see people living in darkness, when you see people lost and confused, when you see people without hope and without guidance, that's your opportunity to say, all I need to do is show up in the room. You know light doesn't even, is an inanimate, uh, intangible thing that you can't, you can't grab light. It just, it, just, it just is, and it just illuminates, and it exposes, and it radiates. As soon as you turn on the light, you see things change. I wish somebody would catch that. When you are truly abiding in Christ, when you are truly seeking the Lord, that's why the scripture says in Psalm, your word is a what? Light for my path. So as you start getting the word in, the light of Christ begins to fill you. And all you have to do is walk in a place and the light of Christ will begin to reflect. You know why that's such a privilege that Jesus called us the light of the world? Because that's a title he gave himself in the book of John. He, did, he's, he said about himself in the book of John, I am the light of the world. John chapter 1, John chapter 8, he says, I am the world. When they talked about Jesus, they said, he is the light. And he says, you are also light. So it's a great privilege, but it's also a responsibility. It's a responsibility that when you see darkness happening, that you show up and reflect the light of Christ. That when people are having conversations that are not bringing life, you be the one to be a difference maker and bring life to the conversation. When all people are talking about his problems, reflect the light of Christ and bring solutions to the table. I wish I, was, I, wish I had a church here today that would receive what I... <laughs> I'm preaching to myself. This is good stuff, Pastor Sergio. This is good stuff, man. You're helping me out. Yeah, when you are light, it will impact those who are around you. See, light needs maximum exposure. Uh, what's the purpose of having light if you're going to hide it under the bed or put it under a bowl? That's what Jesus is saying. It makes absolute sense. No, you put that thing where it's, where it's out in the open. Can I tell somebody that this is your year? You need to be more bold than ever. Far too long, you've been silent with your testimony. Far too long, you haven't shared the goodness of God. Far too long, you've been hiding. Far too long, you haven't been reflecting that light. And this year, I'm declaring and I'm prophesying over somebody who would receive that, that this is the year that you will walk in authority. This will be the year that you walk in boldness to not stay silent, but be loud with the light of Christ. Be loud with what God has done for you. Be loud and not stay silent. Because while we're silent, the world is crying out and they're bringing people down. The world is not silent. When you were talking about the turn up, you're not silent. <laughs> when you were talking about where the drinks at, where the sm where, who got the bud, you weren't silent. And now you're in Christ and you're talking about, <laughs> are you a Christian? Yeah, you know. Trying to be cool with it. Like God hasn't been good to you. Like he hasn't done miracles in your life. 
here all, I wish, yes, I wish, I, I know I'm preaching a little, I may sound a little old school right now, but that's all right, because I need some people that will be behind me now more than ever and say, this year, we got to expose the light. We got to reflect the love of Christ. We have to reflect that Jesus is a way maker, that he is a miracle worker, that he, ah, that he is a promise keeper, that he is mighty, and that he's powerful. I need to expose that to the world. Let's look at somebody and tell them your light, your light, your light, your light, your light. Trying to be cool, trying to be all casual, all passive. Yeah, you know, I'll be going to church from time to time. It's all scared. What you scared of? (laughs) Do you know who you represent? I'm like bone crusher in the early 2000s. I ain't never scared. Young people, they have no clue what I just said. Don't worry about it. And some of y'all know I'm talking. I ain't never scared. Yeah, 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 yeah. Scared of who? Scared of what? The scripture says, greater is he that is in me. Greater is he. He's made me more than a conqueror. Afraid of what? I need to expose this light. The second thing about impact, let me give you this. The second thing about impact, to impact someone's life or to impact something, you have to add a value to it. To impact is to add a value. I got a baby back there that's with me. Yes, keep on receiving, baby. You're adding value right now. To impact is to add value. Look at what the scripture says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. I, I, I hope I'm helping somebody here today. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. Here it is. Do nothing. Here's the apostle Paul speaking to the Philippian church, the church in Philippi. He's telling them, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, here it is. What does it say? Value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Add value. Are you a person of value? Are you you somebody that brings something to the table? This year, husband, your goal should be, how can I add value to my wife's life? Thank you for the two husbands. Wives, this year should be the year that you say, how can I add value to my husband's life? How can I add value to their dreams? How can I add value to our home? How can I be a person of value, not somebody that brings my spouse down? Not when you go to the workplace, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you in Jesus' name be the employee of the month. I'm going to help you get the special parking lot for the month, the, the space for the month. Be a person of value in the workplace. Even when they don't pay you extra, go beyond and be a person of value. How can I add value to my team and not create more problems for my team? Some of y'all not saying anything because you're the person that brings problems to the team. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Woo! Begin to, begin to first pray when you wake up in the morning. Begin to think, how can I add value? Write that down. Think first, how can I add value? I do that now every morning. Today, I say, when I'm having a conversation, whether it's business, whether it's ministry, 
whether it's just French, uh, 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 a friendship or just a, a, a casual relationship. I, I'm now challenging myself and I wanna present that to you. I always say, how can I add value to somebody today? It doesn't have to be everybody, but at least one person. I want to make sure that I'm a person of impact. How can I have value? So I begin to pre-meditate and think, all right, I'm getting ready to have this meeting. I'm getting ready to have this conversation. I'm getting ready to do this today. Uh, my family's doing this. Uh, what can we do? Uh, what can I do to be of value today? I think first. But it's not about just thinking. You actually got to do it. Action. You do the thing that you already thought of. That's how you add impact. And here's a third thing. Not only think, not only do, but then also inspire others to be people of value. Inspire the people around you to be people of value. In other words, challenge one another, support one another, be there for one another so that you make each other more valuable. And in other words, continue to grow, continue to get better in whatever it is that you do. Do not stay, as Pastor Fred mentioned, stagnant like a parked car. Make sure that you are growing. Make sure that you're breaking out of your comfort zone because as you do, you're going to inspire others to be people of value as well. If you're not adding value, you are devaluing people. And you still here? If you are not adding value, you are devaluing. So if you want to be a person of impact, add value to the workplace. Add value to your marriage. Add value to your family. Add value to your church. Be a person of value in the community. Here's the way that Jesus said it. It's not on the screen. Just, just hear me as I read it out loud. Matthew 23, verse 11 and 12. The greatest among you. See, we all want to be great. And Jesus gave us the solution. He gave us the practicality about being great. He says, the greatest among you will be your servant. How do I add a value? I got to ask my wife, baby, how can I help you? Yeah. Yeah. I, no, no. No, no. D don't wait for somebody to ask you. No, no. Take initiative. So I ask her, babe, how can I help you? I'm getting better. I wasn't, I wasn't the best for many years. We had to have many serious conversations. Mary folk know what I'm talking about. When you get the text, can we talk later? I said, I changed the baby's diaper. Okay, what did I do? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Can we talk? And then you hear, I need more help. So you got to take initiative. When something's happening at the workplace, just be a person of value. How can I help? If, if you see something happening here in the church, ask the question, how can I help? You ever met somebody who's, who, who broke up with you? <laughs> yeah, I've probably never gone through a breakup, right? You ever broke up with somebody that you know they weren't valuing you, they just devalued you? And they went away and it did hurt, but then you realize they didn't add any value to my life. 
See, when people threaten you, talking about I'm leaving you, and they add no value to you, you're like, go on then. <laughs> you ain't taking nothing with you, baby. But see, when you're a person of value, you don't let that go easily. You fight for it. When you value your relationship with Jesus, you fight for it. When you value your marriage, you fight for it. When you value your children, you fight for them. When you value the calling, the dream, the vision God has given you, you value it. You don't let it go easily. Be a person of value because when you're a person of value, you're a person of impact. Let me give you this last thing. Impact is transferred. Impact is transferred. Impact is transferred. Impact is made through you, but it starts in you. Impact is made through you, but it starts in you. We often don't make impact because we focus on what we don't have or what others possess, but we don't. Look at the way they look. I don't look like that. Look at that hair. I wish I had the hair. Not knowing that the person that you're de desiring to have their hair are also saying about another person, I wish I had their hair. Look at the way they dress. Look at the way they speak. Look at the way they write. Look at the way they design. Look at the way that they, uh, uh, that, that, look at their business. Or look at, look at all, of, you can fill in the blank with so many things. Look at what I don't have. And whenever that is your focus, you confine, you stifle your impact because you're focused on what you don't have. Look what the scripture says in Exodus chapter four, verse one through three. Scripture says, Moses answered, what if they do not believe me? Who is they? See, Moses was called to be a deliverer. The children of Israel were captive in Egypt. God raised up Moses, and he said, you will be the deliverer. And he starts making all sorts of excuses. But Lord, I don't know how to speak. I don't know how to talk. I'm not qualified. I don't have, I don't have uh, the, 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 the degrees. I don't have the abilities. I don't have the giftings. And yet God says, no, you are the one. I want to use you. See, we limit our impact when we look at ourselves, at our deficiencies, at our vulnerabilities, at our weaknesses, and say, I don't have the qualifications. I don't know how to speak. I don't know how to articulate myself. I don't have the giftings. But God is saying, with all that you have, I want to use you. Look at what he says. Let me prove it to you in the scripture. What if they do not believe me? What if they do not listen to me? The Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, what is in your hand? I'm going to help somebody today. The Lord said to him, what is in your hand? A staff, he replied, which was a rod. The Lord said, throw it on the ground. What is in your hand? He was saying, what if they don't believe me? What if they don't see my value? He's saying, don't focus on what others have and what you do not have. He's saying, what do you have?
What are the gifts that I've given you? What is the ability that I've given you? I want to use that. But Lord, what if people don't believe me? He's saying, use what you've got. See, you will never be held accountable for another person's gift. You will only be held accountable for what you did with your gift. Your talent, your abilities is is God's gift to you. What you do with it is your gift back to God. Your abilities, the way that you speak, the person you are, those gifts, those dreams inside of you. God says, I want to use that. What is in your hand? I don't have the resources, but what do you have in your hand? My children keep acting up. I've given them to you. What can you do with what you have? Lord, we don't have a building yet, but what are you doing in the school? Lord, I don't have the resources for my business. What are you, what are you doing with what I gave you? What is in your hand? I'm declaring over somebody's life. Don't waste another moment saying, I don't have this. I don't have that. Don't waste another moment saying, I'll do it tomorrow. In the grave are many people that said tomorrow. I don't mean to sound insensitive. I want to speak truth to you. Because for far too long you said tomorrow, Lord. For far too long, for years now, same place, same things, same people. God is saying, it's now. What do you have in your hand? I feel the Holy Spirit in this place. I don't know who I'm speaking to in this place. I don't know who needed to hear this word. I don't care if this is not for you. I need to tell somebody, you've been in the same place for far too long, saying, I don't have this, I don't have that. And God is saying, what is in your hand? What are the resources I've given you? What are the abilities I've given you? It's time to do it now. You need to make an impact. And you only make an impact when you expose those gifts, when you use those gifts, when you serve God with those gifts, when you say, God, I don't have it all together, but here I am. I don't have all the answers, God, but here I am. He's saying to you today, what is in your hand? What have I given you? The spouse, the husband, the wife, I gave him, I gave her to you. Stop looking for something in somebody else. I know I'm not talking to the people in the room. <laughs> talking to maybe somebody who's viewing me via YouTube. You're looking for something that your, that your wife or your husband may not have. And you're talking about, let me see if I find it over here. The devil is a liar. What do you have? Make value of that. Lord, I'm still missing this. I'm still missing that. And all you do is stay in the same place. But I'm declaring in Jesus' name for whoever would receive this word right now that this will be the year that you break out. 
I wish I had somebody that, that really received that. If, if this is for you, I just want you to lift your hand and, and declare that with me. This is my breakout year. Come on, declare it over yourself. This is my breakout year. This is the year that I will be sought. This is the year that I will be light. This will be the year that I will use my gifts. This will be the year that I will use my abilities. Ah, I wish I had somebody. You who's watching me, far too long, same place, same people, same things, same words, same actions, same deeds, same strongholds, same bondage. I'm declaring in Jesus' name, it's your breakout year. This is the year to make impact. You're called to have impact. You're a person of value to make impact. You have abilities, giftings that God has given you to make an impact. Once again, much love and appreciation for listening to today's message. I'm so glad that you've been a part of the listening experience, but let me tell you, there's nothing like the live experience. It cannot be explained, only experienced. And so I encourage you to come out on a Sunday so you can listen to the messages live and be a part of a wonderful atmosphere within family and within community. You can find more information about our gatherings on our website at myhopecenter.org. Also make sure to follow us. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Our handle is at my I hope center. I also encourage you to subscribe to our podcast so that you get notified as soon as we upload content. Make sure to share it with your friends and your family. There's someone that you know that could really benefit from these messages. So make sure to spread the word about what's happening here on the Hope Huddle podcast. So again, I hope to see you soon. Until then, peace, love, and God bless.